You are listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more content and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. excited today. I'm really excited because we get to dive into a brand new sermon series on the book of Ruth. And I myself, this is exciting for me because I've never had the chance to go through Ruth on an in-depth level, verse by verse. Of course, I've read it a number of times. I know the general storyline, probably many of you do as well. But this is going to be different. This is going to be a deep dive into the book of Ruth. So over the next 10 weeks or so, we're going to be walking through this thing, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, going really deep into what this story is and every little detail of the book of Ruth. So one more uh, plug I'll just give for the Tuesday night Bible study, I guess, is just that. So you're going to have the chance to, to go deep here, but then also Tuesday night you have the chance to kind of ask questions about the text that we study on Sundays. So if you know a lot or even not a lot about the book of Ruth, it's a beautiful story on many different levels. Just on the one hand, for its sheer simplicity. I don't know about you, but oftentimes there are a lot of stories in the Bible that there are so many characters and there are so many places that it's easy to get things confused and, and mixed up. I mean, I myself, when I go back and, and read certain portions of the Old Testament, I'm like, oh yeah, that happened or that guy did that, and it can get to be a little bit overwhelming. Ruth, in that sense, is kind of a breath of fresh air. It's a little four-chapter book. It's in the Old Testament. It is right after the book of the Judges, which if you know anything about the history of Israel, the period of Judges was kind of when they bottomed out. So there's this, this pattern that occurs throughout the Old Testament where Israel uh, fails to, to uphold their end of God's covenant. They fail to live according to the standard that God sets before him, and then they are punished, and then uh, you know, they, they repent, and then God raises up another judge for them to, to rule over them. And this is what happens in the judges over and over and over. And it's sort of this downward kind of spiral where the judges fail to do what they are supposed to do. But in the midst of that, so that's, that's the backdrop, but in the midst of that, we have this beautiful story of the book of, of Ruth. And what's going on in Ruth, it serves as a contrast to that backdrop very much. In the book of Ruth, the main character is someone by the name of... You guys are good. You're so good. Ruth is a foreigner. She's a Moabite. A Moabite was... uh, This is a nation that was adjacent to ancient Israel... But more than that, Moab was actually an enemy of Israel. From ancient times, Moab was an enemy that Israel fought on the battlefield. And so Ruth is this, is this foreigner. And she's the center of this whole story. She's kind of the main character, along with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And what happens, just to give you a brief snapshot, is there's a, a famine in the land of of Israel. And so... Ruth and, or excuse me, Naomi and her family move to the land of, of Moab, and this is where her son-in-laws get married, and they marry Moabite women. One of these women is Ruth. 
And then the, the husbands die, and so they're left there on their own, basically. And so the story of Ruth tells about their deaths, about this family, and then more than that, about their coming back to the land of Israel, specifically to the land of Bethlehem, where we have this character of Ruth who remains loyal to Naomi, her mother-in-law, and we have Naomi, this, this widow. And so the, the cast of characters in the book of Ruth is really culturally speaking and spiritually speaking, it's just astounding, right? Because you got to remember, this is a very patriarchal society. And so to have an entire book of the Bible centered in on these characters who are not only women, but foreigners and, and widows is really extraordinary. And so we're going to see God's grace at work in very unique ways in the book of, of Ruth. And ultimately what we're going to see is that there is this character, Boaz. And he becomes, we discover, he is this Christ figure who in his redeeming of Ruth foreshadows Jesus Christ who redeems us as well. So it's this beautiful picture. I want to encourage you as we go through the book of Ruth, I want to encourage you to read it as literature. I want you to read it like you would a historical novel because that's what it is. It's history in the sense that these are real people. This is a real time. These are real characters. This actually happened. But you'll also notice that there are many elements that are similar to a good book. So you think of one of your favorite books. There's a plot line. Well, Ruth has that. There are protagonists. Ruth has that. There is a, a climax. There's tension. There's a, a seemingly sketchy, steamy love scene, which we will get to in one of these, these weeks here. So it's got like all of the elements of a good novel, a good story, and a good movie. So if you're not a book person, think of it as a movie. You want to you wanna go into it with that mentality because if you do, you'll be able to appreciate Ruth for all that it's worth. Now, your homework that's right. I said your homework for this week. I challenge you to read the book of Ruth through every day this week. It's four chapters. It'll take you 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Really short, really small. So go ahead and you're going to want to make that your target. Uh, also, a little prize. I haven't cleared this with the trustees or anything, guys, but if, if, you, know, if you memorize this book, I don't think they'd have a problem with giving you the, the morning's offering, you know, something along those lines. I'm looking at the church treasurer, and he's nodding his head in agreement, so I think we're good there, right? False advertising, maybe. But I encourage you to, to read through it. And so on that note, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to read through the book of Ruth. We're going to read this whole thing from chapter 1 to chapter 4. Rarely is it the case that we sit, not just on our own, but collectively and listen together for an extended period of time. And Ruth is short. It's not going to take long. But I want you to use this as kind of an, an exercise. So if you have your Bibles open, go ahead and follow along. If not, you can just listen. Think of it uh, similar to the way that you would story time back in grade school. Remember story time? That was the best. Well, for me, it was the best anyway. We're going to read through Ruth. Starting at the beginning. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah 
together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. But even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and where I and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women ex exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. 
She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stocks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She gathered it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. 
Who are you? He asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my own town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know what a woman, that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into, into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her. And added, he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belongs to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am the next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also require Ruth the, Moab, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was a method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. 
May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women arriving there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. This is the story of Ruth. I want to show you a video now. And this, what this video is going to do is it's going to give you a, a layout of the structure of Ruth and what it looks like kind of chapter by chapter. And it's by uh, an organization known as the Bible Project. And if you're ever looking for more visual kind of resources to help you understand scripture better, go to these guys. They have a lot of really good resources. So this is just going to be a brief walkthrough of the book of Ruth and kind of give you a, a flyover of where we're headed in the next 10 weeks or so. The book of Ruth, it's a brilliant work of theological art, and it invites us to reflect on the question of how God is involved in the day-to-day -day joys and hardships of our lives. There are three main characters in the book, Naomi the widow, Ruth the Moabite, and Boaz the Israelite farmer. And their story is told in four chapters that are beautifully designed. Let's just dive in and see how this all unfolds. Chapter 1 opens with this line, in the days when the judges ruled. And it reminds us of the very dark and difficult days from the book of Judges. And here we meet an Israelite family in Bethlehem, struggling to survive through a famine. And so in search of food, they move on to the land of Moab, Israel's ancient enemy. And there the father of the family dies, and the sons marry two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. And then the sons, they die too. And so they leave only Naomi and these new daughters-in-law. And so Naomi, she has no reason to stay anymore. And so she tells her new daughters-in-law that she's moving back home. And Naomi, she knows that the life of an unmarried foreign widow in Israel is going to be very hard. And so she compels the women to stay behind. Orpah agrees. But Ruth does not. She shows remarkable loyalty to Naomi. And she says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your people will become my people and your God will become my God. And so the two of them return to Israel together. And the chapter concludes with Naomi changing her name to Mara, which means bitter in Hebrew. And she laments her tragic fate. 
Chapter two begins with Naomi and Ruth discussing where they're going to find food. And it just so happens to be the beginning of the barley harvest. And so Ruth goes out to look for food. And it just so happens that she ends up picking grain in the field of a man named Boaz, who just so happens to be Naomi's relative. We're told that Boaz is a man of noble character and he notices Ruth. And so after finding out more about her story, he shows remarkable generosity to her. He makes these special provisions so that the immigrant Ruth can gather grain in his field. And in doing so, Boaz is actually obeying an explicit command of the Torah to show generosity to the immigrant and the poor. Boaz is so impressed by Ruth's loyalty to Naomi, he prays for her that God will reward her for her boldness. So Ruth comes home that day, and Naomi finds out that she met Boaz, and she is thrilled. She says Boaz is their family redeemer. Now, This family redeemer thing, this was a cultural practice in Israel where if a man in the family died and he left behind a wife or children or land, it was the family redeemer's responsibility to marry that widow, to take up the land and protect that family. So Naomi, she begins to hope that perhaps there might still be a future for her family. Chapter 3 begins with Naomi and Ruth making a plan to get Boaz to notice their situation. So Ruth is going to stop wearing clothes of a grieving widow, and she's going to show signs that she's available to be married. And so Ruth goes to meet Boaz on the farm that night. And as she approaches, Boaz wakes up, and he's totally startled. And Ruth makes her intentions very clear. She asks if Boaz will redeem Naomi's family and marry her. Boaz is once again amazed by Ruth's loyalty to Naomi and her family, and he calls Ruth a woman of noble character. It's the same term used to describe the woman of Proverbs 31. So Boaz tells Ruth to wait until the next day, and he will redeem both Ruth and Naomi legally before the town elders. And so the chapter ends with Ruth returning to Naomi, and they marvel together at all of these recent events. In chapter 4, it all comes together. It turns out, at the last minute, Boaz discovers there is a family member who's closer to Naomi than he is, and he's actually eligible before him to redeem the family. But at the last second, this family member finds out that he's going to have to marry Ruth, the Moabite, and so he declines. But Boaz, remember, he knows Ruth's true character, and so he acquires the family property of Naomi, and he marries Ruth. And so just at the beginning, how Ruth was loyal to Naomi's family, so now Boaz is loyal to Naomi's family as well. The story concludes with a reversal of all of the tragedies from chapter 1. So the death of the husband and the sons is reversed as Ruth is married again and gives birth to a new son, granting joy to Naomi. And this symmetry between the opening and the closing, it's even more remarkable. So remember, the opening tragedy was followed by a great act of loyalty on the part of Ruth. And that is now matched by Boaz's act of loyalty that leads to the family's final restoration. And this symmetry, it highlights the design of the internal chapters as well. So each of the chapters begins with Naomi and Ruth making a plan for their future. And that's followed by a providential meeting between Ruth and Boaz. And each chapter concludes with Naomi and Ruth rejoicing at what's taken place. This story is beautifully designed, and that design actually connects with a really interesting feature of the story, and that's how little God is mentioned. Right, The characters talk about God a few times, but the narrator actually never once mentions God doing anything directly in the story, and that's its brilliance. 
Because God's providence is at work behind every scene of this story, weaving together the circumstances and choices of all these characters. So Naomi, her tragedy leads her to think that God is punishing her. But actually, the whole story is about God's mission to restore her and her family. And he's doing so through Ruth, through her boldness and loyalty, which brings healing to Naomi's life, but not without Boaz, who's a no-nonsense farmer who's full of generosity and loyalty. And so God uses his integrity combined with Ruth's boldness to save Naomi and her family. And so this story brilliantly explores the interplay of God's purposes and will with human decision and will. God weaves together the faithful obedience of his people to bring about his redemptive purposes in the world. And that leads to the real end of the story. The book of Ruth concludes with a genealogy showing how Boaz and Ruth's son, Oved, was the grandfather of King David, from whom came the lineage of the Messiah. And so all of a sudden, these seemingly mundane, ordinary events in this story are woven into God's grand story of redemption for the whole world. And so the book of Ruth invites us to consider how God might be at work in the very ordinary, mundane details of our lives as well. And that's what the book of Ruth is all about. Well, I hope that was helpful for you and giving you just kind of a general overview of the book. Um, if you want it, that video is on, available on YouTube, so I can post a link to that somewhere too. But here is what I want to share with you now. This is the main point for this entire series, right here. Vulnerable people can find protection under Yahweh's wings. Vulnerable people can find protection under Yahweh's wings. And this actually comes specifically from verses 11 and 12 of chapter 2. This is Boaz speaking to Ruth. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to find refuge. Vulnerable people can find shelter and protection under Yahweh's wings. The book of Ruth is really full of people who are vulnerable in many different ways and in many different layers. First off, to be a woman in a patriarchal society. That's layer number one. Number two, a foreigner. Someone who is not originally an Israelite. Someone who is not originally part of this covenant people of Yahweh, but someone who had come from the outside and was now being grafted in. So that's layer number two. Number one is to be a woman and then to be a foreigner. And, and now we have a, a widow as well. And you, you talk about a widow in that particular day and age could not provide for themselves. They were entirely dependent on their parents or just the generosity of other people. So we have layer of vulnerability after vulnerability after vulnerability. And I want us to think when we hear vulnerable, when we hear this word vulnerable, to think of a trap and to think in terms of a vulnerable animal that gets caught in a trap. 
Because whether or not we are willing to readily admit it, we are all vulnerable as well. We are vulnerable to the attacks of sin and death and Satan in the world, which continually assault us on each and every side. And so what that means is that in the story of of Ruth, we see ourselves in her shoes. We see ourselves in the shoes of someone who was a foreigner, who was once far from God, but now has been brought near by the blood of Christ. So Ruth has an incredible amount of relevance for us today. Two reflection questions I want you to consider as we leave here this morning. Number one, who are the vulnerable people in my life? Who are the people that are particularly vulnerable, whether that's spiritually, physically, monetarily, whatever the case may be, who are the people that that I, I see or maybe don't see or maybe pass by that are particularly vulnerable? Because Ruth encourages us to, in the mode of God, who has a heart for vulnerable people, to be that same kind of of people who have a heart for the vulnerable. And then number two, question number two, where am I vulnerable in my life? What particular sins do I find myself susceptible to, open to, vulnerable to? Where are the the chinks in the armor that, that I see? There's this one word that occurs throughout the book of Ruth, again and again and again. It's this word redeem. In fact, it occurs in Ruth more times and more frequently than anywhere else in the Old Testament, redeem. And it has this idea of being able to buy back and to purchase back something that was once owned by you. So you heard it explained in that video, right? Like if, if you got into financial trouble and you had to sell yourself into indentured servitude, you still retained the right of redemption, which meant that a relative, the guardian redeemer, could in fact pay a price to redeem you. And the same applied for houses and and for land. We were able to be, God's people were able to be bought back. And Ephesians 1, 7 tells us this. In Him, this is Christ Jesus, in Him we have redemption through His blood, through the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. See, the church is the bride of Christ. Just like Ruth is the bride of Boaz. And Jesus Christ pays for our redemption with His own blood. He pays that price to redeem us, to bring us who were once foreigners, who were once far off, who were once his enemies, and makes us his friends. Vulnerable people can find protection under Yahweh's wings. But we might tweak that a little bit in light of the New Testament, and we could say it like this. Vulnerable people can find protection under the blood of Christ. So if you find yourself in that spot, which who among us does not, this position of vulnerability, 
God has some grace for you, and he wants to speak that to you as we go through and make our way slowly through the book of Ruth. We find protection under the blood of Christ and the shelter of God's wings. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.